Hi friends, welcome to the Faith Show. I'm Faith and I'm just super excited for this week's episode because I think it's something a lot of us have thought about and it's hard to find guidance and balance and finding kind of what we want to do in a very success-driven society to be successful. And this week we're talking about work calling and with me I have my I'm going to say my favorite professor, <laughs> Professor Anna Sinclair. And yeah, tell the viewers, the listeners about yourself. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much, Faith, for having me on your podcast. <laughs> I'm so honored that you would ask me. And um, yeah, I'm. my name is Anna Sinclair, uh, known as Sinclair by everybody yes. here on campus. And I am, gosh, I've been on campus teaching since, uh, full-time since 2018. Uh, I've been an adjunct before that. And I spent... I've spent about 12 years in the public relations industry doing everything from nonprofit to ministry to um, agency, PR, um, prior to coming to Biola to then teach these amazing students that we have. Um, before that, I went to college in Arizona, born and raised in Carlsbad, which is a local little kind of beach community just about an hour south from here. Um, have a family, uh, two little boys and a husband and a just, dog and a dog <laughs> and a dog and writers are puppy and uh yeah, and I'm also just trying to wrap up my dissertation for my um, leadership doctorate studies. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of I, so cool. She's, I think that's so cool that while she's a professor here, she's also studying herself. And I think that goes into her life updates. was like literally last the week before last week, she had to, what did you have to do? <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yes, the dissertation process is long and there's many different phases within it. So I was able to present my proposal, uh, which is chapters one, two, and three of what it is I want to do. And that was approved. And so now I'm going to be working, um, hopefully next semester on conducting interview research and writing up the last two chapters of the dissertation. So crazy. My life update is just that it's final. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. Yeah, that's enough. But that's it's, a big one. It's wrapping up. And so this is the second to last episode. Yes. Wow. And so I thought it'd be fun to have this really important topic mm-hmm. talked about. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, for work calling, I heard mm-hmm. about it through one of Professor Sinclair's classes. Mm-hmm. I took either my fresh my freshman year. Yes, it was mm-hmm. online. I remember watching yes. it online. And I thought we should talk about it because I don't think a lot of people actually know what work calling is or they're unsure of what they're currently studying or pursuing in life is their work calling and if they're in the right field and I want to say that this is also based off a chapel by Ariana Malloy mm-hmm. is she still a professor here? she is Dr. Malloy is um, a professor in the comm studies department yeah. and she's fantastic she is and so the chapel of people wanted to watch it more it's titled more than just a job so mm-hmm. professor Sinclair mm-hmm. What is work calling? Absolutely. And and you really just sort of said it as far as the idea of it, of it being more than just a job and, and uh, pulling from what Dr. Malloy uh, talks about and my own personal opinions about the matter is that there are some distinctions about our professional life that, that we can make and be aware of as we go forward and putting together our goals. You know, there's, there's having a career and having different jobs, um, and then there's having a calling, which, in my in my perspective, having a work calling or being aware of a work calling in your life, is the intersectionality between your professional skills 
and your personal convictions mm. and passions and dreams coming together. I like that. Right? So it's a combination of the personal and the professional coming together. And so I say that because um, in those 12 years that I was working in the PR industry, I had really great positions and I had really great jobs. I learned so much about um, the industry and how even the genres within PR are different. You know, how, how ministry is so different than even nonprofit. And then corporate PR is so different from those other two. So I had a really, I was building a great career and I had really great job positions. But my work calling didn't actually come to play until I received my position here at Biola, mm. where I was able to, um, my passion is to be um to be motivational, to be um, inspiring in some ways, to help, to teach, to educate um, the next generation of PR professionals and to help send them out into the world to make an impact, not only for PR, but for, for, for Christ as, yeah. as being Christians. And so so I feel as though I had uh, a 12-year, really great run with my PR career, but my work calling didn't really initiate. It wasn't really put into practice or made, made reality for me until I became a professor. Mm. So these last five years, I really feel like I have, I put together my career into my professional conviction and my personal conviction as a calling. So I feel like, yes, these last last five years I've in my I'm doing what I've been called to do so it was before you were enjoying it it was something you liked do you think it's possible for work callings to change I think it does because I especially if you're if you're thinking as though the work calling is connected to what God has for you Mm -hmm. and what God has blessed you with what God has innately given to you as strengths and 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 moral uh, competencies and commitments even then as you as you develop your life and your experiences you also develop in in um, in your work calling characteristics and capabilities mm. and also too god can at any time position something in your heart that changes your focus this is true and i think that's part of it too is is to be to be um aware that god's call on your life can have many different places along our lifespan this is true because I I was reading the paper I wrote in response to this video and I even said that work calling can sometimes be calling us to be spouses mm-hmm. or sometimes to be like hospice workers or like janitor other yep. jobs that may not conventionally be what people believe to be their first job. Mm-hmm. But however, people when asked if they were fulfilling their work calling had even said that this if they had won the 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 lottery that this is exactly where they wanted to be so I thought it was really cool mm-hmm. and I think why do you feel that work calling is so important well I think it it it's important almost for the for what you were saying Faith is like you know we don't necessarily have to label work as our eight to five yeah. positions mm-hmm. right because if we we know God in Scripture talks about good works and mm-hmm. and being a good worker it really does encapsulate a lot more than just what our jobs are. But like you were saying, being a good daughter, being a good friend, being a good wife, being a good mom, um, being a good sister, brother, those are also roles and responsibilities that we have in life that also we can ascribe to, um, to work, you know, work doesn't, you know, work is also, um, it could be, in what we do for service to others. Um, and so it's, it's our calling in life to be salt and light of the earth. And mm. so I think that, that that really does transcend a little bit of, of, of 
your identity as being just what you do. It really does kind of go into who you are and and what you can become. And your purpose, Mm -hmm. it's essentially. Yeah. So I think that's so cool. And I also, another quote was like intrinsic motivation. Mm -hmm. I think when you do something that really as believers, I know all the listeners are believers, but as believers, we have a purpose Mm -hmm. and that is give, we believe is given from the Lord. And I think that propels us to continue on and keep doing what we need to do. And I love that. And I think Mm -hmm. that's so cool that we've been able to have have that integration. Mm -hmm. And another thing was that work constitutes more than a third of our lives. Yes. And that's kind of crazy to think about because I know that a lot of our listeners are on like the younger side. So I want everyone to kind of take a moment to think about that. So wouldn't you want to do something that you love and Mm -hmm. are fulfilled by? Um, so, Professor Sinclair, what are the steps to dis- you would take to discover your work calling? It's a really great question. <laughs> um, and it could, it could really depend on each individual's um, career goals, you know, aspirations, uh, what you want to achieve. But um, I think that it's, it's a connection of what are your personal um, dreams, aspirations, goals, um, interests mm. and then professionally what are you you know even even being here in the college setting what are you gravitating more towards as far as your classes your major your projects what are you finding your niche in professionally and being able to figure out ways in which you can hone in all of those worlds together into a career path and you know like I said um, my career path you know it was 17 years before I became a professor mm-hmm. so it's it, it you can have long-term and short-term goals and and have um, within that journey have fulfilling positions but I, I really do think that you will enjoy your work more when you're able to connect those personal things that you're passionate about within the professional environment. Oh, that was so good. And how do you know, maybe if you're in the job right now, how can you tell if it's maybe your work calling? Because some people maybe doubt, they're like, I like certain aspects of this, but how mm-hmm. can you tell? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and many times you might be thinking to yourself, well, I like my job. It's it's a great position. I enjoy what I do. But, you know, I leave at the end of the day and, and work is done and, and, and until the next day and you don't necessarily feel as passionate. And that's actually, that's not a bad thing because not every position that we can have in our lives are going to be this awe-inspiring, you know, angels are coming down yeah. <laughs> and it's like, this is what I was meant to do. Um, although. Um, So like I would say, you know, we wake up every morning and you feel as though, yes, I am excited to go into this work. You know, I'm I'm excited about this position. I'm excited about the mission and the vision and the values of what this organization stands for. And really, that could mean for any position that you have, whether you're 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 hostessing or you're working for a corporation or you're working at a coffee shop. As long as you still have that passion and drive for what it is that you're doing Mm -hmm. um, there, that that would be a sign that you are you're still involved in the organization from a personal passion level. Um, you know, when you get to the point where you're dreading going in or maybe you're having a lot of conflict at work or you're not really seeing how the vision and values of what the organization is, it really aligns with what you're thinking and feeling anymore. And you're starting to have anxiety or you're starting to feel, um, nervous or, you know, you're not, you're not enjoying the work anymore. That might be a sign to pray about what God might have for you next. Um, and sometimes there can be shifts within an organization that can, that can be 
um, what what does the trick. Maybe there's a different position in the organization, or you you're asking about maybe I could do some personal development and mm-hmm. work on this particular job and make it something that I would be more excited about and see if there's opportunities within an organization. Um, because sometimes you're in a fit that needs to be adjusted for your personal goals within the same place. You don't necessarily have to leave the organization and find something new. I think that's so true because I think also it's important to remind like we're not saying that your job is going to be perfectly for you Mm -hmm. but having it be a happier thing versus why am I doing this Mm -hmm. because my job that I am a student rep for the school it's long um we have long hours but I love it and I remind myself why I love it because I get to have meaningful conversations with prospective students and I love Mm -hmm. that and I think that's definitely something that the Lord has designed me to do Mm -hmm. so even though sometimes I work long long hours I still remind it about why I want to keep up with what I'm doing and with that too um it's so important to to be able to maintain yourself in that way because it's high energy, long hours. Mm-hmm. You always want to have a pulse on your work life balance mm. and make sure that things are equalized. You know, for a long day that you have in the office, can you have a you know a, a come in later in the next day? Or what are you doing for yourself to be able to make sure that you're meeting every element of your life, not just the professional, so that you are able to have social time and be able to you know work on development or you know be able to do things with family so that you're not completely tied to the job 24-7. That's really important too. Yes. I think that kind of goes on to our next question, which mm-hmm. is, let's be real, like how do you answer your work calling when there's a conflict in money? Mm-hmm. Money is hard, like salaries are changing or also job burnout. What mm-hmm. should we do in those situations? Yeah, it's it's really hard to say, oh, this sounds really great, but mm-hmm. the job that I would love to have that I feel I'm called to would be maybe in the missions field mm-hmm. where how does that work where there's, you know, the less a little bit yeah. less financial security or stability. And there's there's a lot of different options, especially if you look at the context of what we mean when we say work calling. Um, you know, if you want to um, have a position uh, and you have a job that you love, that you're enjoying, um, then then that doesn't mean that you need to leave that job for a higher paying job. You can stay where you are and then fulfill more of a calling in your life through volunteer work or through serving other people in mm. some way or being a part of your church organization that really does serve a calling that God has on your life. So you can almost pair your job that, that provides you income and the ability to survive financially with other things in your life that can actually breathe into your calling as well. So it does... Yeah, I think that's so good that you could, maybe you feel like you're eight to five or whatever isn't doing it. That doesn't mean maybe you can, you feel called to help youth, but you can't be a teacher. You can go serve within the youth group at your church. You can go volunteer with like the boys and girls clubs. There's lots of different options. It doesn't work calling doesn't necessarily have to always pertain to your actual job. Mm -hmm. I think work calling also means like, the, the capitalizing on like kind of like skill sets the Lord has for you and helping to like use them in a way to further the kingdom of God I kind of feel like and having work calling is just one of those ways to have those things align yeah I think. exactly and there's not one cookie cutter or black and white scenario for any one person mm-hmm. I think that's so good and how do you is it possible to experience burnout when you feel like you're 
in your work calling, though. It absolutely can happen. And it doesn't mean that you're in the wrong calling. Mm -hmm. It just means that you need to uh, take a step back, you know, do a little self-assessment and figure out why you're feeling burned out. Is it because you're giving long hours? Well, let's adjust your hours. If it's because um, you're having conflict at work with individuals, let's figure out how we can do some conflict resolution. So having burnout doesn't always mean that you need to find a different position or reassess your entire life goal strategy. It means maybe even fixing some minor things to your situation and being able to then adjust accordingly and go forward. But burnout is real and you want to um, take inventory of your mental health, your physical health, emotional, spiritual health, and and, and make sure that, that even in the job that you love and you feel called to, that you're um, balanced and you're healthy in that process. And I think, honestly, with work calling, you're more likely to experience burnout because you have such a passion for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're going to like, oh my gosh, let me take all these things on because I feel like it gives me so much energy. And then you take a moment and you're like, oh, yep. I'm so tired. Yes. So I think taking a moment to be like, to do something long term, mm-hmm. take things slow, take like, and you'll be able to do things, but do things in your work calling well versus yeah. taking all these things on and the quality may be a little less or something. Absolutely. I always like to ask these questions, kind of the Enneagram mm-hmm. things. Do you think Enneagrams or those types of tests play a part in work calling? I think they can definitely be very helpful. Um, and, and there are so many different assessments. Um, I know the Enneagram is one of the more recent popular assessment tools mm-hmm. that you can take. And and there are, I mean, Myers, there's Myers-Briggs, there's mm-hmm. Strengths Finders and Strengths Quest. There's, there's cultural competency inventories. There's so many different things that you can take to learn more about yourself and, and what that means in the larger you know, arena of life. And I always think that, um, those assessments are helpful because they can help to pinpoint your interests Mm -hmm. and your personality traits. Can, there can be some, some correlation between, you know, are you introverted? Are you extroverted? Are you attention to detail? You know, we say in public relations that, that you need to be forward facing and you need to be, um, you know, um, energetic and you need to be a good writer and you need to be very organized Mm -hmm. because the, the nature of what we do in PR requires those things. So having inventories to help you identify, um, elements about yourself can be very helpful. Um, But also too, I always caution students to be careful because you don't want to feel as though you are labeled or or identified as something because an inventory test told you, Mm. right? There's always going to be like some, I think faulty or a little bit of bias Mm -hmm. by the people who created these tests. Yeah. And you know what I say to students is that you take an inventory um, and then take it again a year later and see if if everything has changed if they're the same um, because a lot of times when we go through life we're not stagnant you know we're, we're not a person that doesn't change their entire life we grow we learn through mm. our experiences we've learned how to adapt we've learned how to um, adjust and so you don't want to feel as though whatever an inventory is telling you about yourself is 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 100% accurate because you don't want to limit yourself. You don't want to limit your capabilities. Um, when I was a senior in high school, I took an inventory test on, you know, what, what kind of career placement do you think would be the best for you? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was set to be a PR major at that point my senior year. I was already sure what, what, what I wanted to do. The inventory test told me that I should be a mortician. <laughs> what? 
Yes. Somebody that works in funeral homes. Oh. Yes. And, and, and you know, and, and so if I had, if I had really taken a lot of stock into that, I would have wow. been really confused, right? Because I think that PR is in a lot yeah. of ways the opposite of what that career path is. And so... You don't want to let an inventory stop you or make you think that you are something because, well, the Enneagram told me that I'm a perfectionistic with some with some wings on, on either <laughs> side, and that's who I am. Mm-hmm. So I think that they're very helpful, but you don't want them to limit your abilities. I like that. That's I'm sorry. I just think yeah. that's so wild that you're a yes. mortician. Yes, that's what they said, and yeah. I thought to myself, well, that doesn't sound right, but, there, but I took this test, and I, got, I was very confused for a while. I'm confused. <laughs> yeah, I think... They are helpful in maybe highlighting some strengths that they notice, but take it with a grain of salt. Yep. But do, is there a specific one that you kind of like more than the others, or you recommend maybe people taking? You know, it's a really great question, and, and uh, there are you know there are, there's assessment tests that really capture your personal. Um, Persona, you know your characteristics. I mean, even the enneagram, there are there are professional undertones to it, but that particular inventory really does kind of speak to you as the individual, and mm-hmm. this is how you're wired, and this is where you are prone to to be mm-hmm. in certain ways. Um, the strengths finder, I think, is is helpful from a professional setting, mm-hmm. um, because yeah, they they let you know, hey, uh, of all of these different qualities and attributes, here are some top five, and and they 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 really do uh, vacillate between. Um, I think that those qualities and characteristics can help you identify strengths in the workforce. Um, you know, for example, I think mine are right over there. What are they? They're um, responsible, belief, uh, discipline, discipline, communication, individualistic, yeah. and they, and those types of. Um, and then when you and then what you do is you read in and you read what each of those quali- what mm-hmm. we each of those characteristics mean. What what do they mean by individual and what do they mean by belief? And then. When I read through my my top five, I thought, well, that makes a lot of sense. That tracks. I, mm-hmm. I if I say I'm going to do something, I, I do it. And so, um, being being able to identify individual qualities and characteristics of each member of a team, that's what individual can mean. And so that helps me be able to craft why being in a team environment is really where I thrive and being able to be collaborative. And so, honestly, any of those any of those assessments can be helpful. Um, and being able to analyze what is the makeup of my storyline, mm. what are the things in my life and my personality traits that that are also combined with um, professional traits that can help me. So I think strengths finders could be one for the professional world, and I think that Enneagram is really relevant mm-hmm. right now for your personal world. Yes. I think it's like, it's like you can't find and foster people dead bodies. <laughs> no, thank you. And if you say, hey, I'm a, I'm a five wing eight. What are you? Yeah. Like, oh, I totally know what you're talking about. And all that makes sense. You can almost, you can almost have like a non-verbal communication. Yeah. No, I think that's so cool. I also love strength finders. I found mm-hmm. I was a wooer. Yes. Oh, everybody wants to be a wooer. That's like, that's yeah. like the one characteristic everyone wants to have and not many people actually come up with it. So that's so, great. That's so fun. Um, I think then what do you, so start the process what would you say recommend like a first step for mm-hmm. the listeners if they're like okay I've heard about work calling mm-hmm. I'm gonna acknowledge this what's something I should do that's great I would say the first step should always be self-assessment mm-hmm. and reflection mm-hmm Take a step back from life and, and almost, you know, have a piece of paper in front of you and a pen and think about um, a couple of different things. Uh, to make it simple, two, two columns, professional dreams and aspirations and your personal passions 
and interests. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even, you know, where you feel God is leading you. And, and write those two things, two columns down, and then look at that list and see, are there any crossovers with what, you know, either what I'm majoring in, what I'm, you know, kind of that, that course that you're on, if you're, if you're in, in school, what is the course that you're on, what major are you, and what are your interests in the professional world? And then make that other that other column, which is what are your personal desires, passions, um, convictions, hopes, dreams, and then see if there's any crossover connection, mm. and and then and then look at that for a little while, and just kind of rest in that for a bit, and pray, and ask God to give you wisdom and clarity on can these two worlds connect, and if they can, what does that look like? Yeah. And you know, and if they don't, if you don't necessarily, if you don't necessarily see a connection right away, don't discount that as, oh, well, there goes my work calling. <laughs> that's it. You know, it's not going to happen because that's not necessarily how God works. Mm-hmm. And usually, there's always a, th- a thread of similarity somewhere that can intertwine in your life, where you can, you can be professional and going down a career path, but also doing it in a way that you feel like you are living out your your purpose in life that God mm-hmm. has given to you. I love that. And also, I think if you need help asking I think parents or that trusted advisor Mm -hmm. because they're going to notice things they're going to notice kind of the things your strength your strengths and I think that they could help highlight those things as well I think that's so true because sometimes we get too much into our own selves that we don't look above all that and say oh yeah I didn't realize that about me but if you have a a mentor or or a professor or someone in your personal life that can breathe some wisdom to you that you might not have seen about yourself. Mm-hmm. That that can be really empowering. Yeah. Thank you. Is there any last points you wanted to like bring up about anything? Oh my gosh. Well, well, how much time <laughs> yeah, no. I would just say um, in context to cuz it's it's really students can feel so stressed out about I need to figure out what I'm going to do when I graduate mm-hmm. and I have to have this done and I and, and there's always this stigma of when I graduate I have to have everything figured out I, I have mean to have I'm that, feeling that right I know it's like yeah. you have to have that first job lined up and you need to have it I mean a career path and you need to go forward but Sometimes if we feel that way, we sometimes limit God's ability to really surprise you in amazing ways and to know that um, a lot can happen in a short amount of time. Mm. And we don't know yet what God's plan is yet for tomorrow, let alone after graduation. And so to give yourself time and and be kind to yourself that if you are in that struggle of trying to figure out what is my work calling or what do I want to do with my life after college, to just to not worry that you don't have the answers right now because most of us never, never do. No. Um, and so God will be faithful to fulfill your work calling. You just need to give yourself time and to not be so pressured into having all the answers because ultimately God is the one that has the answers and he gives them to us as he sees fit. Yes. And so just to be faithful to in, in, in the time frame that God has given to you and that he does have he has a plan for you and it's going to be an amazing plan. I love that. And now our final question that I love to ask is what do you love about life right now? Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> you're talking to someone who feels as though she's in her work calling right now with being, being here um, at, at Biola. And I just, I love, I love, I love seeing my students thrive. And I mean, even we just came from class, right? Yeah. And I just got to watch everyone's presentations, the work that you've done over the last semester come to fruition. I just love to see my students thrive. And I love to see my students see their full potential. 
that extends beyond the classroom into their personal lives and just to see them thrive and succeed. I love the work that we do here at Biola. I love being able to be here for students and to breathe some wisdom, hopefully, into their yes, lives so academically. Much right? And I love that. And I love watching my, my own children grow and learn. I love, I love, I'll be celebrating 16 years of marriage oh in January. Goodness. So I'm, I'm very grateful for the, for my family and, um, and I'm just I'm grateful to God to be faithful that in these these stressful times, these very busy times, for Him to um, still be so present in our lives. And I'm so grateful for that and for God's provision. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Professor Sinclair. And thank you guys for listening to this episode. Thank you so much. Bye.